So the Yoga Sutras are divided into four chapters, or what Patanjali would call pada, feet. So the analogy walking, I imagine. And uh, samadhi means yoga, and yoga means samadhi. This pada therefore explains the significance of yoga as well as samadhi. Both mean profound meditation and supreme devotion. For aspirants endowed with perfect physical health, mental poise, discriminative intelligence, and a spiritual bent, Pantanjali provides guidance in the disciplines of practice and detachment to help them attain the spiritual zenith, the vision of the soul, the Atma Darashana. The word chitta has often been translated as mind. In the West, it is considered that mind not only has the power of connotation or volition, cognition and motion, but also that of discrimination. But chitta really means consciousness. Indian philosophers analyzed chitta and divided it into three facets, mind, manas, intelligence, bhuti, the ego or sense of self, ahmakara. They divided the mental body into two parts, the mental sheath and the intellectual sheath. People have thus come to think consciousness and mind as the same. In this work, consciousness refers both to the mental sheath, Manumaya Kosha, as mind, and to the intellectual sheath, Vayana Manakosha, as wisdom. So there's a differentiation between mental and wisdom. Mental is the base of what can create wisdom, but we have to do a whole lot more with what we learn to enable it to become wisdom rather than biases and such. Mind acquires knowledge, whereas objective, uh, objectively, whereas intelligence learns through subjective experience, which becomes wisdom. A cosmic intelligence is the first principle of nature, so consciousness is the first principle of man. So let's begin with Sutra 1. With prayers for divine blessings, now begins an exposition of the sacred art of yoga. So, so many things are stated in there. Now is the operative word for me. But also, as I read it over and over again, the exposition of the sacred art of yoga. Now this means it is a ceremonial process. And in a ceremonial process, we don't skip out or cut different stages of it. So we don't take the language of yoga away. We don't create different verbs or different adjectives for yoga and what we're doing. We speak in Sanskrit, the language of yoga, in order to have yoga be understood. So at the end, because remember we're reading uh, B.K.S. Yengar's book, he says, So this sutra may be taken to mean the disciplines of integration are here expounded through experience and are given to humanity for the exploration and recognition of that hidden part of man which is beyond the awareness of the senses. So we have to do it the way Pantanjali suggests in order to have the the benefits or the uh, the boons of it. And we shouldn't even be looking for that. We should just allow that to happen. 
So I'm also going to read for you uh, in, uh, in English the invocation, the prayer that we ask in the beginning of class to give salutations to Pantanjali, but also to invite him into the practice. Because again, we have to look at our practice as a ceremony, as an experience that is going to bring us to the next level if we follow the steps properly. So here we go. Let us bow before the noblest of sages, Patanjali, who gave yoga for serenity and sanctity of mind, grammar for clarity and purity of speech, and that's Sanskrit, the language, and medicine for, perfect, for perfection of health, that's Ayurveda. He brought us these three things. Let us prostrate before Pantanjali, an incarnation of Atyasa, whose upper body has a human form and whose arms hold a conch and a disc, who is crowned by a thousand-headed cobra. Where there is yoga, there is prosperity and bliss with freedom. So, let's consider a little bit about that. And please send your messages, please send your words, your thoughts, your, your ideas, and let's expand together. See you for Sutra 2.